Hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, Go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. My name is Janelle Lene, and today we're going to talk about 10 super easy, healthy things that you can implement in your life right away. And I'm going to try to give you guys some that are a little bit more unique. I'm not, I was like, okay, I probably repeat a lot of the same health stuff because there's a lot of basics, right? But I will say today, I am going to try to talk about ones that you have not heard, at least not heard from me and maybe not from anyone else and maybe not ever. I don't know. So let's just go ahead and dive right in here. Um, because I was a personal trainer for so long, I had a lot of certain ways of thinking about my health. And now that I haven't been a personal trainer for a while, and I've been focusing on mindset, I have some new perspectives to offer and new ways that I've been thinking. And so I just want to share some of those things with you and just give you some fun tips. So let's just dive in. Number one, this one's so easy. To get more greens in your diet, One way that I would suggest is to buy a bag of broccoli. I like to buy fresh broccoli and have it in a bag that's already pre-cut. And then that way, whenever you want to eat greens, you can literally just throw it in the microwave for about a minute or maybe two minutes, depending on your microwave, pull it out, put a little bit of salt on it, and boom, you have fresh greens available. I feel like over the years, so many people have asked me like, how do I make my Brussels sprouts? How do I make this? How do I make that? Like, and there are different ways and they're all fairly easy, but the easiest way you can possibly get more greens in your diet is literally by microwaving a bag of broccoli. This may feel like a a no brainer, but for Frankie and I, sometimes that's the easiest way that we know how to just have 
greens because having greens in your diet is so important, but we often, I think we just, it's like, oh, a salad sounds too complicated. I don't want to chop up all these different vegetables or I don't want to Brussels sprouts. I don't want to chop them all up and get the, you know, the different oil and the garlics and the whatever to put it all in there. If you just pop some broccoli in a bag into the microwave, it's so easy to eat. So tuck that one away in your brain. That is a way to get more greens in your diet. If you're struggling to eat greens, I try to eat two greens a day, two servings, I should say, not just two heads of broccoli. Like here's one green and here's the other. <laughs> um, so yes, two servings of greens a day is always my suggestion. I've heard that along the way from so many different researchers. Once again, I'm not sharing that research with you today. I do have some research to share along the way, but that is not one of them. So get more greens in your diet. We all know we need to do that. That's not like, I don't really need to sit here and be like, the research shows that if you have greens in your diet on a daily basis, you are 70% less likely to get cancer. Like we all know we're supposed to have greens in our diet. It's usually just excuses that get in the way. Um, and this is one way to have no excuse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two, desserts. I love desserts and I used to try to find substitutions for my desserts like ice cream. I was for a long time on this huge halo kick or enlightened kick having ice cream that was, um, you know, higher protein and lower calories and has fiber. And I would have it more often, but I like wouldn't ever enjoy it quite the same way that I enjoyed regular ice cream, like my Ben and Jerry's or something like that. So I'll be honest in the last probably two years, year and a half, especially I have not touched enlightened. I have not touched halo. I'm like, if I'm going to have ice cream, I'm going to have the full calorie version. And I would rather have the full calorie version of ice cream once a week or every other week than to have the halo protein ice cream, but to have it you know, I'm like, oh, I can have this every night. Who cares if you have it every night if you don't love it, right? So my second suggestion for you is if you have a favorite dessert and you're trying to get healthier or you're trying to maybe lose a few pounds or whatever it is, tighten up, instead of saying, oh, I'll find the healthiest substitution possible or, um, you know, not allowing yourself to have that, I would just say let yourself have the full fat version or the full awesome version either once a week or every other week. I just feel zero shame about it. I eat regular ice cream now at least once a week and I don't feel bad about it. In fact, if I don't have it, if I don't have my weekly ice cream, like I get cranky and <laughs> I always know if I didn't have my ice cream by, you know, Wednesday or something. Cause I'll tell Frankie, I'll be like, Oh, I'm so cranky. I didn't have any ice cream this weekend. So for me having real ice cream once a week and like really good ice cream is super important. So ask yourself, what's my favorite dessert or what's my, for some people, maybe like salty treats more like what's my salty guilty pleasure. And maybe you found a substitute that you like, that's great. But I'm just here to say, if you want the whole real deal, everything in moderation. So give it to yourself a few times a month and feel zero guilt when you actually choose to let yourself have it. And then I think you're going to crave it less because it's when you take something away, it's like a child, you know, if you tell a child, you can't do something, they want to, they want to go touch that hot thing or whatever. Like, don't touch that. Oh, I want to touch it. We're like that ourselves. If we say you can't have that Janelle, like you're not allowed to have ice cream because you're trying to, you know, have a flatter stomach. 
Well, ultimately it just makes me want ice cream more and more and more and more. And I create a really unhealthy relationship with ice cream. So for me, the healthier relationship with ice cream is allowing myself to have it here and there and not feeling bad one bit while I have it and being like, wow, this is amazing. Mm, and really sit with the deliciousness of it. Like just love it and be okay with it. Okay. Moving on. Number three, water. Now I've talked about water before. So I know you're like, come on, Janelle. We've already talked about this. So as we've all heard before, our body is made of 60 to 70% water. It's actually crazy when you think about it. Like I started actually picturing that for a second. Like you're, I'm looking at myself on the zoom screen right now. And I see like my skin and my hair and I'm like, 60 to 70% of what I'm looking at is water. But when I look at water, it doesn't really look like me. I don't know. That seems kind of confusing to me. But anyway, we're 60 to 70% water. And so a lot of times everyone knows you're supposed to drink more water, but something I've been learning a lot more about lately is the kind of water that we are drinking. I have always drank tap water. I'm not above tap water. Then we moved to California and I got a Brita because California water doesn't taste very good and Colorado water tastes so good. And I wanted my water to taste like Colorado water, but the Brita really didn't do it much justice. So I recently got something called a King and Water machine. And King and Water, to tell you a little bit about it, um, I'm actually gonna be pulling up here some fun facts because I am still learning about what King and Water is. Basically what King and Water is, is it is a delicious water created from Enagix. I think that's how you say that company name, Innovative Water Technology. So it's basically a filter that you attach to your sink. I'm like looking at it right now because I'm right by my kitchen. And it looks a little funny. It's like a big white box. It almost looks like, I guess, a a Brita box that you connect to your water machine or your water source. And it goes into the machine and it changes the pH level of the water and clarifies it and then spits it out of a different tube. Kind of crazy, right? So it changes the pH of your water. And, and basically the idea is to, to have it go through electrolysis I'm learning all these new things. I'm just telling you what I'm learning. Um, and they actually come out at different pH levels. So you can decide if you want this water to come out at an acidic pH. So 2.5 is acidic. Um, it can come out at six, which is the beauty water. So you use that on your skin and it makes your skin better. Frankie and I just got this machine two weeks ago. So it's so new to us, but we have a friend, Tamara, shout out to him, who told us all about this and how it was, it helps with, um, long-term health. Like it helps a lot of people prevent cancer because there's a lot of stuff that's happening in your water that might not be as desirable as you think. Um, and even bottled water often is actually not what you think it is. Like you think bottled water must be like the best water because you have to pay freaking out the wazoo for it. But even bottled water isn't the best water always. And so I don't know, this is all like a new idea for me because I never cared that much about this. Like, in fact, I actually had a guy back at Fit at the, the gym I used to work at. And he would actually try to bring me this water and he would give me like these jugs of water. And he'd be like, this is like miracle water. This is like the best water in the world. And I'd be like, thanks dude. <laughs> and there was like a water machine, like a water filter, like a normal water filter at the gym. And so I just drank that water and didn't think much of it. 
And now I'm starting to let myself be like, oh, okay, maybe I do want to have the best kind of water because if I'm going to drink all this water, I might as well have the best of the best. So some say this water can slow the aging process. It does regulate your, your pH level in the body, and it can actually prevent a lot of chronic illnesses. So I'm in a Facebook group, of course, a Facebook group that you can learn all about the water. And so there are different people who, like one person had diabetes and shared his story about how he had um, I don't know exactly what the measurement is, but he said he was usually like an 11 or a 12 when he'd go to the doctor. And then as he started drinking the water two or three months in, he became like an eight. And I don't know exactly what that means to be honest, but he was like, it's slowly disappearing just from drinking water. I didn't change anything else in my diet. So I thought that was really interesting. And, and so this is just something I found about water in general. It's the most important nutrient to the body. And it says water is essential in areas such as protecting the spinal cord and other sensitive tissues, removing waste from urination, sweating, and bowel movements, cute, <laughs> um, regulating your temperature, and lubricating and cushioning your joints. So another reason why we got this water machine, well, I got it because I want to help with my skin. First and foremost, y'all know if you follow me on social media that I'm on a skin journey trying to get the best skin possible because I've struggled with skin like my entire life. Um, but it also is good for joints and I have a lot of knee pain. I've always had like weird knees. Well, for quite some time, I shouldn't say always. So part of the reason why I'm getting this water is because um, it's said that because it's a higher pH level, it is supposed to hydrate you more properly and be able to help with your muscles and your recovery from the gym. So I'll let you guys know, but I'm learning a lot about water and the importance of water and the type of water. And so this is a brand new thing for me to even allow myself to explore it because I think I can often be cynical of this kind of stuff where I'm like, oh my gosh, like stop being so bougie, just freaking drink tap water and be happy. <laughs> like like kind of rolling my eyes, I guess, a bit towards this type of stuff. And so anyway, I guess I'd say I'm proud of myself for opening up my mind to new possibilities around what my water is possible in, in my life. And then even other areas, and I'm going to get to other areas of my life where I've been thinking a little bit more outside the box with my health um, and allowing myself not to just think in forms of like, macros and working out. Like to me, those were always like such big parts of health. And now I'm starting to just allow myself to experience other pieces of health, which has been really, really cool. I will link below information on the water. If you're curious about King and water, I will totally tell you as much as I know. And then my friend Tam, I think I'm going to have her on the show and tell you a little bit more about it because she's the expert. She's been doing this for years and she had something called Hashimoto's and it helped heal her Hashimoto's. In fact, she said her mom had, her dog had this like huge uh, growth on the side of uh, the dog's body. It was like the size of a tennis ball and they were going to do surgery on it because they thought it could be cancerous, but the dog was 14 years old and they didn't want the dog to potentially die in surgery. So at the same time, Tam's mom got one of these water machines and didn't even think about it, but was giving this water to the dog and the dog's bump literally went away completely. The tennis size, sized growth just disappeared. And I think what's so cool about that is like, you can't, with, with a placebo, which was what I, I'll be honest, I used to think these, you know, I'd be like, oh, that water stuff, it's probably just like some placebo. Because like the power of the brain, am I right? The brain is so powerful. Um, but with a dog, you can't placebo a dog. Like 
you can't tell a dog this water's gonna heal this bump on the side of your body and the dog's gonna be like good point you're right okay i'll drink it and then mindset its way through the bump um so I thought that was a pretty powerful story. And I was like, okay, this water might be like actually kind of special. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Um, so I'll link more stuff in it. I should have Tam come and talk about it because she's the true expert. I am not, but it is cool to be experiencing something new and a new layer to health. of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the confidence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote unquote, okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. Number four, deodorant. Okay, natural deodorant conversation. I've been wanting to talk about this for forever, like on an actually like, like with you guys. It's so weird. Um, I am a sweaty human being. Like I'm very sweaty. And... <sighs> I've always been like the sweatiest girl I know. And I also smell bad. Like I smell worse than Frankie, you guys. Like Frankie will smell my armpits and be like, whoa, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. They're just really smelly. Um, which side note, back to the water, Tam says that drinking the water will help clear some of that stuff out. So I shouldn't be as smelly. So I'll keep you posted on if my smelliness gets better. But anyway, back to the deodorant. Um, I tried natural deodorants for like months and months. I would try so many different brands. And this was actually all leading up to Frankie and I's wedding a year ago. And I was told when I went from regular deodorant to a natural deodorant that I would probably smell bad for a few months because you're like releasing a bunch of toxins. And so I was like, okay, it's cool. I can be extra smelly for 60 to 90 days. That's fine. And I was Oh, believe me, I was. And I was like, does it ever get better? Like, this is ridiculous. And so I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And it was awful. Like months were going by and I was still smelling really bad. I was using the natural deodorants, but none of them were working. And I was like, okay, so I'm using natural deodorants because I don't want to get cancer, you know, like the parabens, you know, once again, controversial topic. I don't know what you think about that, but I was like, I might as well be as healthy as possible. And maybe one way I could be healthier is having a natural deodorant. 
but then I was smelling so bad and I was sweating so much and like, it was so gross. Right. So I was like, maybe I should just suck it up and like, maybe not worry about wearing natural deodorant, just put the cancer deodorant on and call it a day. Anyway, I found a deodorant that is natural that I love and it's called native deodorant. You've maybe have seen it. Maybe you haven't. It's like $10 or something. So it's a little more expensive than your natural, your regular deodorant, but it, it works. Like it's mind blowing. I've been using it now for probably over six months and I'm amazed that my armpits smell so good and it's all natural. I was just so mind blown. I don't know what they're doing different than all the other people. I've like done a bunch of research. I've read so many different articles. I don't know how native deodorant is doing this, but native deodorant, thank you. And this is not a paid ad. (laughs) This is all free. Um, So I'll link native deodorants below. If you want to check them out, I swear to you, if you're going to go natural with your deodorant, this is the way to go. You won't be nearly as stinky as I was going through that process of letting out the toxins using deodorants that don't work. Cause that was the problem is I was using those natural deodorants for months and months and months and months and nothing was ever getting better. And then I started using native and everything got better from there. Wow. So good. Number five, this is a simple one, but eat three meals a day. I think since the quarantine started, it has been really easy. And I think anytime we're busy with life, it's easy to forget to eat. And we end up snacking like all day long snacking. And I know when the quarantine first started, it's like, we didn't have any routines. We were just like, everyone I've talked to was like, I was drinking every night of the week. (laughs) I was like, it was a Friday night, every night of the week. What day is it? That kind of thing. And I think we're all starting to get a little bit more normalcy in our life again, even though I do think this, I mean, it seems like most people's offices are closed to like at least June or July of 2021. So we've got another year of somewhat like not normal times. Right. And that sucks to say out loud, but that's kind of the truth is that it probably, we do have a little bit more time in this and it'll be better and things will get better, but eating three meals a day is so crucial. And it's easy when you're working from home all day to just forget about meals, but eating three meals a day is crucial because when you just snack all day, you end up eating way more calories than you think you do. And a lot of times that can lead to weight gain because you're never fully full. Like when you just eat a little snack here, a little snack here, a little snack here, a little snack here, you're never actually full or satiated. But, and you also, I don't, how do I describe this? Like you're eating more calories than you think you are because you think you're just having a little bit, but really it adds up to a lot of calories and it ends up not being so healthy for you. So I encourage you, of course, if you want some snacks throughout the day, that's good, but don't just snack all day long and forget your meals. Do your best to have three meals a day because that will make a difference for keeping you satiated. And it sounds like reverse psychology, but it will help you keep the weight off instead of snacking all day on little things. That's not actually a good weight loss plan. If you are trying to stay lean or stay healthy or stay slim. Just saying, just saying. Okay, number six, that goes hand in hand with this one. Stop weighing yourself. Stop weighing yourself. I used to weigh myself all the time. And I don't know, I probably haven't talked a whole lot about this publicly either, but I, when I was working at Orange Theory and I was a personal trainer and all this stuff, I was weighing myself at least every day, if not twice a day. And I would step on the scale and be like, okay, what am I now? okay, what am I now? Like in the morning, what am I? After dinner, like, oh, I'm just curious. How much do I weigh at the end of, of the day after eating and drinking and stuff? And then the beginning of the day and the end of the day, middle of the day, it, it just got really obsessive and 
a lot of women that I work with have the same problem where they weigh themselves numerous times a day or even every morning. And you do not need to weigh yourself that often. In fact, most of my clients that I've worked with, I actually have them throw away their scale. I threw away my scale. Well, I threw away my scale about a year ago, officially, like when I moved to Denver, I didn't take mine with me, but I stopped using it and it actually gathered some really nasty, like layer of dust. This is so gross. Yeah. It got, it got gross. Cause it just sat there by the toilet for a really long time without me using it. So I would say I haven't weighed myself other than at a doctor's office in over two years. And it's been one of the most freeing things I've ever done. Like, it's so nice to be like, I don't know if I weigh 145 or 147 or 150 or 152. Like I'm somewhere in that range, maybe 155. I don't know. Like I, I could have fluctuated up five or 10 pounds or down, but I just don't care. And I don't want that number to have so much power over me. I don't want to be constantly thinking about what that number even means. And so I would challenge you to stop weighing yourself. I know for a lot of people, that's really scary. In fact, a lot of the clients I've worked with that have stopped weighing themselves at first, they aren't willing to do it. Cause it's like, this form of control that we don't want to give up because we like to know our number, you know, and we say, well, if I know my number, it helps motivate me to work out. Like if I step on the scale and see, oh, I'm weighing three pounds heavier than normal, that'll motivate me to go hop on the treadmill, well, or whatever. And that's just not a good way of motivating yourself ultimately. I mean, to be honest, it's kind of a negative reinforcement instead of a positive reinforcement. And it's a way to shame-based a shame-based way to get you to the gym, like beating yourself up. Oh, I weigh three more pounds. I weigh five more pounds. I weigh 10 more. Like I would just really encourage you to, to move your body because you love moving your body to eat healthy because you love eating healthy and nourishing yourself. And, and you want a long life and you want to, you just want to be healthy. I just love the word healthy as opposed to concerning yourself with your number, your weight doesn't matter. Your weight doesn't define you. Your weight is not what brings you purpose in life. And I think that one of the most freeing things I've ever done is getting rid of my scale and not letting myself worry about my number at all. Boom. It's so freeing. So freeing. Okay. Number seven, going vegan. Have you tried it? Frankie and I tried going vegan uh, towards the beginning of the quarantine and we kind of failed miserably. Now, let me tell you why we tried it. I have not watched any of the Netflix documentaries like that most people watched that got them to try going vegan the first time because, well, to be honest, I was like, I don't really want to see all these animals getting hurt. All like, I should probably just buy cleaner meat. We shop at Trader Joe's. Their meat's probably pretty clean. I mean, chicken, I don't really have like this sounds bad, but I, I'm just like, it's, just, it's a chicken. Like this is the cycle of life. Eating meat's really normal, blah, blah, blah. So like what the health, I know a lot of people watched what the health documentary on Netflix. I did not watch that one. I didn't watch any of the ones of like how the animals are being treated. I know that maybe sounds bad for some of you. I, I'm really not trying to be like rude. I just, I come from a family where we just have always eaten meat. And so I was just thinking very like closed minded on it, I guess. And I love meat. I love steak. I love chicken. I love, I love seafood a lot. Like I love shrimp and I love sushi. Oh my gosh. Sushi is literally my love language. So I just didn't really want to see it and think about it. And I just thought I'll just shop at Trader Joe's, which is like pretty natural, I think. And I'll get the more natural chicken that's there and things should be good. So anyway, 
the show that I did end up watching that Frankie and I did watch is called The Game Changers. And it has Arnold Schwarzenegger on it. And he talks about his cholesterol and how his cholesterol had gone through the roof um, from eating so much meat as a bodybuilder. And I've always come from that mindset, right? Like I'm from the gym mindset where I'm like, you eat protein, like protein gains, let's go. And I always like, once again, I rolled my eyes at people who were like, I'm vegan. I'd be like, oh, anything else about you that's important that I should know? Uh, probably not. That's the only thing you care about. Um, and so I thought it was just kind of this annoying thing that people like to gloat about to be like bougie and higher than thou and blah, blah, blah. So when Frankie and I watched the Game Changers Netflix video, it's all about your actual health and how meat can negatively impact your um your, the longevity of your life. And I was like, oh, well, I want to live a long life, you know? And so I started to be more open-minded to it. So we decided to try it. We went 100% in that direction, like went to Trader Joe's, bought no meat. We actually got really lightheaded and we were about to pass out a few days into it. We were like, what's happening? Blah. Like we were zombies. We had headaches. It was crazy. So we researched that. It turns out we needed B12 and niacin. And so we started taking those vitamins. Literally, Frankie went to the store in the middle of a workday, got the vitamins, we popped them. And then immediately the headache went away, the fog went away, everything went away. And we were like, oh, apparently we, we were just missing those vitamins. So we kept doing it. And I think we stuck to it for like three weeks, maybe at most, because we just went from like zero to a hundred. And then we're like, whatever, we, we want meat, we want fish. We just like, we can't do this. So the thing that I would like to encourage you to do, I don't know if you listening, I don't know if you're a vegan, I don't know if you're full meat fledged, you've never even considered the meat, getting rid of meat, which was me before I was like, literally, you could never tell me to try to not eat meat. Like, <laughs> Dream again, pal. Like my family are like farmers and stuff. Like I was raised on meat, um, meat and potatoes. <laughs> but what I will say is the way the movement that I've moved towards now is trying to have some vegetarian or vegan meals throughout each week. So I'm definitely not perfect at this, but I do try to have like one a day. And I, like I said, I'm not even perfect at one a day. I'm, I'm still moving this direction, but having one vegetarian or vegan meal per day, I think is really incredible and it will help with long-term health. It'll help with the environment. It'll help with all these different areas. Um, so for me, I think the thing I've been learning lately is like, never say never. Cause I was like, never will I ever drink that stupid water. Never will I ever consider being vegan. I freaking love meat. I'm just allowing myself to, to even think about possibilities and be like, you know what? Maybe there's a, a reason for all this. Maybe there's a reason why my water matters. Maybe there's a reason why I should have less meat in my diet. So do I think I'll ever be 100% vegan? Probably not. Maybe. I mean, never say never, right? Never say never. But for me, the starting point is just allowing myself to think more open-mindedly towards all of these types of things and start to review the facts. So I'll link those Netflix documentaries below so you can check them out, see what you think, gather your own research and go from there. Cool? Cool. Number eight. Something I did for a long time was I was really big into having like five or six really intense workouts every single week. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have five or six workouts. Like I, that's how I am. It always has to be intense, blah, blah, blah. Well, the new thing that I've come to is realizing that it's okay for me to have two 
or three really hard workouts a week. And then the rest just being more like walking or yoga or surfing or something that's a little bit lighter and not quite so like calorie burn focused. So for me, I've been going to a really good boxing class on Monday and Wednesday at my gym here in San Diego. And then today I'm going to go do probably like a 30 to 45 minute leg day. And otherwise, so today's Friday, sorry, probably should mention that. So we got Monday, Wednesday, Friday are kind of like the main workouts. And then um, on Tuesday and Thursday, I went on walks on both days. Like I, I walked for probably about 45 minutes on both day. And so I probably walked, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't there to just power walk and burn calories. Like a lot of times I thought before it was like a medium paced walk. So maybe like two to three miles or something that I walked during that time. And I've just realized that I feel a lot happier not putting so much pressure on myself to, to have five intense workouts each week or six intense workouts each week. And honestly, like what's crazy is I don't think my body looks any, like it really doesn't look that much different than when I worked at fit and was working out so hard five to six days a week. Um, so I know that overtraining is a thing. And I've talked with a lot of friends recently about overtraining and working out too much. And, and that's actually a thing too. So my encouragement for you on this one is to be thinking about, okay, what, how do I think about fitness? How do I think about my workout plan? Are you thinking like, I need to work out so intense five days a week. And then are you the person who's actually doing that? So you're actually working out maybe too much or potentially burning out too many muscle groups. So you're not seeing the results you want, or maybe on the other end where you want those five workouts a week and you tell yourself you should have five workouts a week, but because you're so intense with yourself, you actually don't end up doing any of them because you're like, <laughs> like guilt and shame and whatnot. So measure where you're at on that. And then I would just say, give yourself permission to only have two to three hard workouts a week. And then think about the other days of the week as just movement. How can you get outside and walk? How can you, how can you swim? How could you go on a bike ride? How could you surf? Whatever. Something that's going to be movement related, but maybe more relaxed and, and a little more joy filled and just fun, you know, just having fun. That's what I encourage you to do. That's what's working well for me. I know different things work for different people, but that is what's working well for me. And I really appreciate taking the pressure off myself of needing to have a really hard workout almost every day of the week and only allowing myself one rest day per week, which is more how I thought before. And now I feel like I have more balance where two or three hard workouts is really all I need a week. And then the other days I just want to move my body and feel good. So yeah. Number nine, this is a fun little tip. And that is take a warm shower before you go to bed at night so that you get a better night of sleep. I learned this one from Sean Stevenson, who has all these podcasts and he has a book. He has all this stuff about sleep, sleep smarter. Uh, that'll be linked below too. Um, he talks about how when you go to bed at night, if you want the best night of sleep, you want to create like a cave environment for yourself. And so the way to create a cave environment is to take a shower and then you, it's a, usually a warm shower. So you come out and you feel extra cold. And when we were, you know, in like the cave days or whatever, we used to sleep in a cave and it was dark and it was cold and it was kind of wet, right? It's kind of like, I don't know cold, dark, wet cave. We can all picture that. And that's what you want to actually emulate in your bedroom. So blackout curtains, and I like to get fans 
all year round, even if it's like winter in Colorado, I always liked fans for the noise and for the cool breeze and then to be in the, underneath the, the blankets. So create yourself that cold, wet, that sounds weird, cold, damp, ex- dark experience, like a cave. And so the number one way to do that is to take a shower right before you go to bed and you're going to feel extra damp in a way and it'll be more, it'll create a better night of sleep kind of random, but honestly, what a fun little fact, right? What a fun fact. And number 10, you guys already know it wouldn't be a next level confident podcast if I didn't talk about social media boundaries. So my last super easy, healthy tip for you is if you don't currently have your phone set with boundaries on Instagram, or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it is, that's your kind of like guilty pleasure social media, make sure that you put a timer on that. I remember I've had so many clients who have done this while we've worked together and I'll say, okay, set a 30 minute um, time limit on Instagram per day, right? And like one client, I remember her saying, oh my gosh, I got to the 30 minute mark at like 10 a.m. and I didn't realize that I had spent 30 minutes because I was, you know, it's two minutes here and two minutes there and two minutes there. And so it feels like it's kind of like the snacking thing actually that I was just talking about. It's like a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. So it doesn't feel like that much, but all of a sudden it adds up to a bunch, right? That's like for the calories and same for the social media. So you might not even be aware of how much time you're spending on social media platforms if you're not tracking it. And so it's really helpful when you have a little thing that pops up that says you have one minute left and you're like, what the heck? It's already been 29 minutes. How did I spend 29 minutes already on this? Seriously, if I could just get you to do like one actual thing from from this podcast, set boundaries on your social media or whatever it is that, that you use a lot on your phone to help you not spend so much time there. Because you might think you're in control of it, but you might be surprised how much time you're actually spending there. And if a phone is tracking it for you, you're going to have the brutal, honest truth of when your 30 minutes is up or when your one hour is up per each day. And you might get there quicker than you think. And it will actually start to train you to be on social media less. Why am I passionate about being on social media less? Great question. Thank you for asking. Because I believe that if you have less time on social media, there's less comparison to other people's lives. There's less stress and you have more free time, more happiness, more joy, more peace, more time to just like sit with your thoughts, more time to just read a book, more time to take a nap. I just think that having relaxation in our life is so important and maybe just more time for fun. I think going on a walk can be fun. Like maybe instead of scrolling on social media for a 10 minute break, you go on a 10 minute walk out in the sunshine. How cool would that be? So if you have not yet done that, please, 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 please open up your phone right now go into the settings and go into the place in the apps where you set a timer and it will let you know when you reach your timer mark. And that way you actually can start to track your time and don't. Okay. One last thing. One last thing. I feel like I'm losing my voice on this one. When the little notification that says like your time is up, you can either respond like, okay, and it'll turn the app off or you can respond like, give me more time. I forget what the actual numbers say um, or the actual buttons say, but you got to press the one that says 
give me, get me off the app. <laughs> Don't just keep snoozing on that. Because if you keep snoozing it and you keep spending more and more and more time there, you're not going to follow the boundary you set for yourself. So create the boundary and then keep the boundary by listening to the little notification that says, you've been on for 30 minutes, your time is up. Be like, okay. And then shut off social media for the day. Your life will continue onward without being on it for more than 30 minutes a day. So there you have it. There are 10 simple, easy ways to be healthier in your day-to-day life. I hope you learned something new today. Thank you for being here. And if you have never given a five-star rating on iTunes, I would really appreciate a five-star rating along with a little comment, if you'd like, about what you love about the show. That would be so helpful for me. I appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen to this show and learn something new. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you soon. Bye.